Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, the podcast that is inspired by the podcast Too Beautiful to Live in the eventually probably renamed, but for now we'll call Dressing Room Studios in the Allentown neighborhood of Buffalo, New York. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me for this Monday edition of LRB from the Stick Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Elizabeth Ann Lundholm. Good morning, Ann. Good morning, Bobby. And in the mountain room at the ranch in Manchac, Texas, I assume you're back from AutoZone Studios. It's Mike, the jail dude, Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bobby. I always have to decide which names to use for you, Mike. The list is too long. <laughs> it grows. It ever grows. I like to keep, the, keep a little variety. By the time you get done saying the studio name, you're tired. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, are you back in the studio? Do you? Well, you were in the studio, right? Because you were you were uh, up against a snorer for the Friday show. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was able able to do it comfortably, and as I am um, today, because um, Martha Lynn's still here. She's just in the other part of the house, and uh, I told her I was recording. So, um, think things should be cool. Excellent. You've got that. We'll talk about more in LRB business. I'll talk about my weekend alone. And Anne, uh, I forgot to write it on the run sheet, but do you want to tell everyone a little bit about just how much work you put into Friday's show? Um, Kind of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. The work paid off. Um, I cut 13 minutes yeah. of content out of that show because we were not focused. <laughs> That's a really generous term. Uh, 13 minutes of content. Right. And thank you for your hard work on Friday's show. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's our tripod episode. We recommended a whole new slate of podcasts that aren't TBTL to fill your feed. It's not porn. Christy thought it was going to be porn. She was excited to get involved, but uh, it turned out it was about podcasts. But uh, she enjoyed herself anyway, from what I heard. I mean, there are plenty of podcasts about porn, right? Are there? Well, my dad wrote a porno. God, that sounds horrible. That sounds so bad. <laughs> I was going to say, there's there's one. <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be more, right? Like, there's a lot like, of weirdos. Like, you're done, you're done doing, you know, whatever you need to do. Do you really want to just go... Uh, go Go listen to a podcast about no. I mean, you you turn off everything in shame, cover your tracks, and move on with your life. It's podcast is not something I want to li- you know porn. I don't want to listen to like how, about how this porn was made while I'm in in my car. <laughs> you know, no thanks. Yeah, there's nothing like rolling down your windows on a summer afternoon and hitting a stop sign with that coming out of your speakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so go listen to Friday's show. We had a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, again, Anne made it at least 13% better by all those minutes she cut. <laughs> I tried. Uh, so, Mike, Martha Lynn is in town. And how much weight have you gained? Uh, 10 so far. I mean, I haven't weighed myself today, but, you know, could could be more. Um, the, the, the problem is that the, um, not that the meals that she prepares aren't, aren't healthy and and wonderful and i i enjoy eating them um but uh there's too many of them the the when she's in town emily cooks she cooks 
it comes fast and furious and and i you know i i i try to keep up but i find that i'm always at least two or three meals behind um and i haven't felt hungry since she got here and like when her in-laws you know when my in-laws visit i am never hungry there's never a moment where i feel any hunger and i like feeling hungry i don't like feeling full and i always am feeling full when when they're around um so i'm just wondering if there are other people out there that like married into metabolism because um <laughs> i did and it's tragic I can't do it. I mean, I can't keep up. Like, even even if they did nothing but feed me um, salad and and fruits and vegetables and, you know, even if that was all, it's just so much that it, it just always feels like I'm gaining weight or getting full or just, you know, I feel like a tranquilized bear most of the time, frankly, when, when they're in town. Have you considered so. that maybe they're foie gras you? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. But the bunny got so fat so long ago, we we would have killed him. We would have, <laughs> he would have been. Just... Uh, but I appreciate that that Bobby finds the idea of me me being murdered by my. I mean, this is some Hansel and Gretel family. shit, potentially. <laughs> that's it. Hey, are you ready for are you ready for the baked spaghetti? I'm like, well, I got to pile it on top of the enchiladas. <laughs> I mean. I I think it's a poor target because they get no drumsticks with you. Right. Yeah. There's no big payoff like, you know, when you're at the medieval fair and you've got the giant. Ah. Yeah, that's always nice until they bring me another flagon of Pepsi. And then I have to get mad. (laughs) I, I said no ice. There shouldn't be any ice. It's anachronistic. Uh, <laughs> well, how much longer is uh, Martha Lynn in town, Mike? A uh, couple more days, I, I think. Uh, got a fridge full of leftovers I'll be working on um, for a while. I'm interested in this baked spaghetti because I think I've mentioned it on the show before, but spaghetti oh, spaghetti so pie is one of the classic recipes of my childhood where spaghetti is par-cooked and then mixed up with a little egg to hold it in shape and then padded into a pie tin with uh, a filling of ricotta and sausage and then cheese on top and baked, and then you slice it. Sounds terrible. Bobby, I can't even tell you how good this this stuff is. Yes. Um, Yes. Italian casserole is what I call it. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. I'm impressed at the um, breadth of cuisine that uh that your mother-in-law brings to the table you've got the baked spaghetti and you mentioned some some tex-mexy fare it sounds like she can do a lot she's very talented emily's very talented cook too but uh martha lynn um she retired from teaching when she was married with eddie and uh has been feeding that um coal-fired oven <laughs> of hunger three to five to seven times a day for decades. Look, those, those pithy, friendly, harmless anecdotes that he writes are not going to write themselves on an empty stomach? No. You got yeah. to be satisfied and ready. The inspiration strikes. 
Uh, let's get on to why there are seamless tech, uh, tech issues that no one will notice after I'm done editing today's show, hopefully. Uh, I've moved my studio slash office upstairs from the house, no longer in the Garden View Studios, uh, mainly just making the most of Sam being out of town for the weekend. She doesn't know I've done any of this yet. We've talked about it. She thinks I'm just sitting around watching Bob's Burgers and drinking, which is also true. Yes. Uh, but uh, I am now upstairs in the dressing room because we don't need a dressing room. So we had a closet with a bunch of wasted space in it. And now I'm going to be working from up here so that I get a full window and working temperature control. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I know. I waited till the end of a long, cold winter to move out of the basement. <laughs> All things in their season. Uh-huh. Uh, we're hoping to turn the basement level into a... It's a guest room with a bathroom right next to it. So um, we might try to host some medical students this summer uh, in an effort to pay our mortgage. And uh, that we could give them run of the basement level that way. If it's not me recording down in the basement all, all morning. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And also, again, mm -hmm. just a, a nice window and it's near the bedroom and... Uh, the only downside is I'm staring into a giant full-size mirror because this was a dressing room, and I need to do something about that because it's really creepy watching myself record. That's terrifying. Oh, Bobby. I hate seeing myself. Ugh. This is the, the worst. this is the classic hotel setup and or Hillary's childhood bathroom setup. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway, we've had some classic setups over the years. <laughs> some classics. Uh, at least my microphone's not balanced on an ice. A lot of Diet Coke cans. Yep, ice buckets. <laughs> but no, I managed to get the boom arm up here for today. Uh, why don't we move on to some three or phones, or do we want to do them all as we go this week? I don't think we have any that are uh, just general this week. Okay. Well, then we should dive into Watch What Happens Live TBTL Edition. Uh, everyone take note. We talked about this before we started recording. It took a few minutes to remember anything that happened this week. So roll mm -hmm. with us. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to be talking about these in the order in which they popped out of our brains. So this may be a little bit disjointed, but here we go. Let's start with some entitled etiquette. Uh, Luke told a story this week about... When he tried crew. Oh, yes, this arose from when he was in Boston this week. He was looking out on the Charles River. He saw all the, I assume, Harvard crew. And others. Practices. There are several, okay. several boat launches down there. It is very much a classic Boston thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this leads him to recall the time when he thought he would give crew a try because... He knows what a calorie burn it is, and Luke is always looking to maximize his workouts. And so he went to the crew club of Seattle, and he said that everybody else that was there was 10 to 15 old, years older than him. So he assumed that he would, you know, just smoke them all. He would be the best one there, even though he had never tried crew before. And he was very shocked when he was the worst rower by a mile <sighs> and i was like well i think uh, that sounds familiar <laughs> i think a mistake that um people make when they uh they've mastered skill sports or or, or other sort of sports like he was a unicycle mm -hmm. guy and he was basketball guy and you see 
a sport like crew and you just think, oh, that's grunt work. Right. You know? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I could figure that out. Yeah. I, I All I have to do is get stronger and I'd be great at it. But there's so much technique and it's it's such a, you know, um, crazy precise sport. I I got lightly recruited when I was a freshman at UW. And so these uh, graduate assistant level coaches for um, the crew team would uh, scour the uh, intramural areas for freshmen coming in that like fit the profile that 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 might be able to row crew and so they this this guy was like you know watching watching us play basketball and um at different times approached maybe three maybe four or five of us that were playing you know just freshmen the school hadn't even started yet because it doesn't start until almost october in at at the u-dub um the, the u-dub <laughs> U-dub. Luke said it this so there week, few... Mike. Luke Stop it. said U-dub. Uh, it's infecting him. <laughs> Andrew's ignorance is infecting Luke, and it's pissing me off. But but anyway, the the guy, you know, he would come up to you, and, and he'd say, hey, um, you ever think about rowing crew? We think, you know, you might be able to, to do it. You seem pretty ath- athletic and tall, and, you know, you should, you should try it. And he, he'd like... I forget what it might have been like a business card or like some sort of invitation to like a a recruiting luncheon where they wanted, you know, a bunch of guys to show up cuz um basically, you know, they need the dudes. I knew because I followed their crew a little bit that the guys in the in the boat and and UW has one of the best crew teams, you know, in the country consistently. The guys in the boat were about 6465 probably 220, um, 230 around there. And I was 6'2", and I was like 170. Uh, but they they need guys for them to beat up on. It's like, you know, how Joel McHale was on the UW football team. He he walked on, and you know, because they need guys for the varsity and the, and, the, and the second string to beat the hell out of, like scout team. Mm-hmm. So I recognized that opportunity for what it was, and... Uh, Decided to go back to my frat and uh, raise hell over there instead of <laughs> live in the crew house and get the shit beat out of me every day and have to have to get up at three and go out in the freezing cold water. Fuck that. That's the real shittiest part. I mean, you see that happening early in the morning because they start really fucking early. Yeah, no way. No thanks. I'm not playing pickup basketball at six in the morning, so I'm certainly not getting up at three to row a fucking boat. So sorry. <laughs> um, well, the reason that this is interesting, other than you know, it's an it's another story of Luke making things all about him, but that's okay. That's what he does. Is that it? Sort of starts to establish a pattern because he behaved the exact same way about the basketball at the YMCA. He thought he was going to go in there and be better than all of those guys just because. And he's yeah. not because he right. doesn't practice because he, right. however many years. Uh, now, to his credit, he was a little bit nervous this time. And he was nervous that time that he played with Chris Hayes in New York, and he got spanked that time too. Yeah. Well, that was a but vanity he, thing. Yeah, but he has this irrational confidence that he's going to come in and just show the 
older people who have been doing it a while that he's the young stud and it just never turns out that way. Well, nerves are not your friend in a situation like when you're going to try to impress Chris Hayes and play in that league because the nerves will make sure that you play badly for the first five minutes and then you being out of shape will make sure that you play badly after that. Mm -hmm. So there's no window of possible good uh, play. So that could have been predicted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's in much better shape now and he probably wouldn't be as nervous to go back. So I think, I think he should uh, get back on that. Yeah. When's Chris Hayes just going to make love to uh, that young senator from the Bronx, Ocasio-Cortez? I mean, are they going to have sex or what? I, I think that's I don't the big think tension. so. <laughs> there are too many Republicans lined up to have hate sex with her first. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> her dance card is full. They do have a hard on for her. Yes, they do. That's for sure. Uh, let's go on to the next segment, uh, suggested by Christy Wise. We're calling this one, Hello, My Fellow Teens. <laughs> Luke has always oh um, been something of a hipster. I think he was legitimately a hipster when he started TBTL, and now he's a middle-aged dadish type uh, trying to still be hip. And um, it's not a great look on him. Uh, Christy pointed out that his new favorite saying is, I'm here for it. And so whenever he's talking about something that he's been doing, be it the Segway tour, being, I forget what else he talked about in with this, but he said it a number of times this week, I'm here for it. And then he actually said, lol, <laughs> in response to something Andrew was saying, as in yeah. LOL, but spoken as a word. No, Luke, lol. no, lol. Not grown ups, people with 25 year old daughters do not say lol. Neither do their 25 year old daughters. <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's just not, he's not into aging gracefully, but that's okay, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I, I wipe my gray hairs, whatever. <laughs> I try not to because I don't want to run out of hair. Uh, I moved the Toledo news team into this section as well, just because it was cringy and they talked about it and I probably wouldn't have heard about it if they didn't talk about it. So, um, other people in the world doing the same thing this week. It's not worth analyzing more than that because then we have to have a conversation about cultural appropriation, as I think Andrew (laughs) mentioned. (laughs) Well, I just, I thought it was a parody. I didn't realize it was an an actual thing that happened. Well, I'm sure it was just, uh, you know, they tried very hard to be funny and they missed the mark by a lot. I don't care. It didn't matter. It was just. I think cultural dumb. appropriation can be helpful in some cases because it lets the culture that's being appropriated let it. It lets them know it's time to move on to some <laughs> other phrases. I think you know just. Get some new stuff because your your stuff is is stale. Now. You're actually very much right. There's definitely a culture of when things go mainstream. Um, I I I do not feel like an authority to speak on Black Twitter right now. But you don't? Uh, but you're a white man, Bobby. You have authority to speak on everything. 
Uh, that's very true, but we have a lot of show left. So why don't we move on to Podcasters Anonymous? It's literally <laughs> called carte blanche, the white card. You have carte blanche to say whatever you want. Oh, God. Nope, moving on. Podcasters Anonymous, uh, this is the new segment where we will talk about Luke's never-ending commentary that has been uh, uh, created through the eyes of his sober existence. And again, I, I want to say this. We've said it before. This is not a judgment of Luke's life choice. It is a judgment mm-hmm. of Luke's not shutting the hell up about it. Um, this week's conversation is people drinking in airports at weird hours and the possible justifications for that and uh, sort of side-eye judgment of it, um, to which I say people can do whatever they want. Right. I mean, my yeah, reaction to this was, I mean, they got into a, a conversation about figuring out when it's appropriate to have a drink in the morning. And you, if it's a Bloody Mary, you can have it. But if it's a, I don't know, like a whiskey Coke or whatever, rum and Coke, you can't have it in the morning. And I'm like, if you are having to make excuses about why you get to drink in the morning, I think that you should reevaluate your relationship with alcohol Mm -hmm. because it should be, if you want to have a drink, have a drink. You don't have to come up with all these elaborate schemes to make it okay. Yep. And that's why I don't care if anyone sees me with my shower beer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, once you get the webcam installed, we can all watch. Ugh. God, no, nobody wants that. <laughs> Bobby, we, people get these these custom bathrooms all the time. These custom showers. You see the ads for them. Do you think there are um, there are people who have a special shelf put in above of above the spray? You know, like upper upper left for your wine glass sure. or your 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 beer bottle or whatever it is. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, they would. Why not? Um, yeah, you're paying like seven grand for it. You're like, hey, why don't you give me a little, uh, you know, you know, little shelf up there? I forget. Oh, what do you need it for? Don't 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 worry about it. I forget where I stumbled across this, but somewhere this week I saw this collection of there was a a tweet thread of someone who went through and retweeted all these pictures of ads for bathtub shelves, like the the trays that sit over the bathtub and they're all just pictures of like a beautiful bubble bath and some cheese and crackers and a glass of wine. And, uh, it's this dream of the perfect bathtub scenario. And mm. the, th- the thread was no one in reality has ever used one of these this way. Um, and I know mm-hmm. Sam bought one a while back. I'm so glad she'll never hear this. It's still in the shrink wrap in the closet in her bathroom. It's aspirational. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's this thought of, you know, you're going to lounge in the tub and have a glass of wine. Um, no, what you're going to do is... I think you're... Jeremy should get on some sort of system where you, we could bring, like, all the stuff into the shower. You know, the 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 cheese plate, you know, charcuterie, <laughs> and, and somehow keep it all from getting soaking wet, you know? I think, you know, Jeremy's probably already got a, an energy drink shelf. Oh, Jeremy's, you know, he's watching a lot of stuff in there. He's got all his energy drinks going. It's probably the only nice 10 minutes of his day. He's these Do days. they have, you know, those those helmets, those party helmets with the two holders for your beers? With Did the I say straws? 10 minutes? I meant an hour and a half. I'm sorry. 
I'm just wondering if they make a shower cap so you can keep your hair dry and also yeah. hold two drinks. Two, oh. two beers on the side of the shower cap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's folded in there, chachi cigarette stuff. <laughs> Back to that. Uh, let's go to technology on technology. Uh, this is from Monday's show. This is the epic journey that was the Segway tour in D.C. with Addy. Um, was it? Did we decide it was Cheryl? No, we couldn't remember her name. The middle-aged Cheryl seems fine. Momish type, yeah. She was a Cheryl. She was definitely a Cheryl yeah. from Texas. Um, what's really surprising is that someone would just say that they were from Texas because nobody is just from Texas. Because there's a possibility you might be from Austin, which is not Texas, or you might be from Houston, which is one kind of Texas, or Dallas, which is a completely other type of D- Texas. Dallas, Paso, Dallas, completely other type. Dallas, <laughs> yes, you could be from Dallas. Um, but do you think that matters to anybody else from around the country? I don't care if you're from <sighs> Dallas or Houston or Austin or Katy or El Paso or whatever. You're from Texas. It meant. It matters when you are from where you're from down here. So there's little chance that he didn't find out where in Texas that she was from. But maybe he just didn't remember it or he didn't feel it was important. But uh, someone from Texas is always going to tell you where they're from (laughs) in Texas. Believe me. (laughs) Dallas. If they're if they're on a segue I always mention tour, Austin. If they're on a segue tour in DC talking to new people, they're gonna tell you where the, what city they're from in Texas. I think I think they're going to. Hmm. No matter how uh disagreeable or stupid they sound, like this lady sounded <laughs> to me. Not interested in, in the, the sights and sounds of, of Washington DC. She's just there for the sweet segue driving action. <laughs> Seems like a pretty expensive, you know segway uh vacation you could just buy a segway and go to the sears parking lot and just drive it around your heart's content without getting hurt some people love being on the road mike some people love hitting that one post in an empty parking lot right that's a great clip uh i really turn heart just literally just any turn just turn it (laughs) just turn the wheel just the tiniest bit crash cheryl sounded like she was destined for some horrible things from the moment we heard about her poor cheryl yeah so what we're talking about this this lady texas cheryl she was there she said just just for the sweet riding action or something (laughs) like that um so uh so she spent several thousand dollars to come to a place with the, where the streets are so close that riding a Segway is going to result in crashing twice and almost freezing to death. So uh, this this uh, Washington, D.C. Segway tour that, that Luke and Eddie were on, I was watching an episode of Veep last night. The Veep Marathon is going because the new and final season is coming up. And uh, uh, Elaine, uh, President or Vice President Elaine Bennis uh, was talking about how embarrassing those people looked. Um as as uh, she's driving, she's being driven through the street in her limousine. So uh, it's that that tour is uh, it's pretty famous. Yeah, I don't know. It may be embarrassing, but who cares? This was another one of the as as I get older. Oh God, it's happening to me. I'm less concerned <laughs> about being embarrassing. 
If you want to write a sweet segue. Yes, but you should be more concerned about falling as you get older. So so there's like a, there are two lines that are going to cross at some point. Now, see, this is a good example of Luke's athleticism. I can't help but think that the unicycle helped him on this. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's not going to have any trouble with that shit. Mm -mm. If you're if you're like if you've been like a bicyclist or or a, you know a unicyclist for God's sake, Segway is not going to bother you. Let me read a, a throw your phone here from Ellen. Uh, giving my phone a heart to heart talk. First, I loved the Segway story. I don't usually laugh when people get hurt, but the mental image of this tour group carnage, as told by Luke, was too much. Craig and I did a Segway tour of Beaufort. Or is it Beaufort? I actually don't know. Or Beaufort, because I don't know, because I don't know which one it was. Beaufort. Beaufort. Well, there's <laughs> UW. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, multiple cities named Beaufort or Beaufort, so uh, anything's possible. Uh, equally dorky, but way less busy and safer. I think I'd shy away from it in D.C. Too many obstacles. Second, it made me so sad to hear Andrew say he wouldn't do it because it looks dorky. Not caring about looking dorky is one of the great joys of adulthood. Uh, I think it's probably South Carolina, since that's, that's where Ellen is from. But I don't is which pronunciation is that? Uh, Beaufort. Okay. I think I'm probably wrong now, but I think it's Beaufort, South <laughs> Carolina. We should have just given it a different name. Uh, you know, upstate New York's known for this. We have a city named Chile that's spelled Chile. My mom mm-hmm. now lives in um, Charlotte, which is Charlotte, but it's Charlotte. Uh, so what do I know? I don't know. It's all those Rochester accents. There's no Dallas, New York, but there probably should be. Um, okay, what else to say about the Segway thing? I I would do it. I would try it. I don't know about in D.C., but I think it'd be fun to try Yeah, it. Yeah, that sounded kind of iffy to be actually riding in traffic yeah let me get a segue in midtown manhattan all right is there enough room on the sidewalks in new york to be doing all this i I think at that point you just have to have a pedestrian uh, plow of some kind on it (laughs) (laughs) i love that image What, what we're finding more and more is people will do anything except walk on these tours like they'll they'll pedal a beer wagon around the <laughs> fucking capital <clears throat> nobody's walking though you got to have a scooter you got to have a segway you got to be pedaling the goddamn thing um you know if you really want to see something just walk over there and look at it i'm waiting for the hipster tricycle tours that's got to be coming, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Like a big Or the, the one big wheel bicycle tour. <laughs> <A> penny farthing. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I'll give them credit. That's hard goddamn work. <laughs> the Penny Farthing Express. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, uh, sports ball escaped. Fantasy birding uh, was teased about 10 times and brought up and I think Luke got it from Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from the previous week, this story. And uh, it just sounded like it just wasn't ready for prime time, the story, because the guy hadn't worked out a lot of the scoring system. 
and it was like um you know you you see you see 10,000 seagulls at the beach and all of a sudden you know the guy that saw the scarlet teninger you know um in the in the middle of brooklyn on the top of a wire um you're up 10,000 to 1 on that poor bastard cuz <laughs> you went out and got some ivers and fries you know you're saying that we need to have he's some been, waiting he's on had these? his telescope trained on that wire for for 4 weeks and he's down 10,000 to 1 I should see if I could find the picture of I just did. I took Will to Revere Beach uh, a couple of years ago when he came out to Boston for work and we went to Kelly's and we had our our fried seafood on the beach and a seagull mm. which is not a thing apparently came in Mm-mm. and um snagged one of our cups of tartar sauce and I caught the perfect picture of it flying away with the tartar sauce. I want to know how many points I Oh, that's my kind how of many bird. points I get for that. <laughs> Here I found I'll I'll put it in the <laughs> I'll put it, you know, I feel like you got to get a bonus for something like that. Oh, if only, if only we could have followed the action and, and seen the other birds dipping their fries. <laughs> it's, Gleefully. it might be one of the best pictures I've ever taken, actually. Oh, that is a good picture. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, with no bragging for me, I'll make it the show picture today so people can see what it's like to try to eat at Revere Beach. <laughs> yeah, same same as as Ivers by the by the yeah, ferry. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like birds coming at me. <laughs> <laughs> it's harrowing. Yeah. It's it's not for the faint of heart. Well, this sure. is this is Alfred Hitchcock's greatest achievement, right? Yeah, Just instilling that extra layer of fear. <laughs> All right, so um, more sport ball. Uh, Luke had a breakthrough moment of empathy for his basketball nemesis, who did not smell like uh, weed this <laughs> particular week. Yeah, yeah. I think if we're going to be um, particular about it, this is definitely an episode of As the Ball Turns. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Oh, yes. Sorry. As the ball turns, um, Ellen, who's been on fire lately, did give us a throw your phone because Luke's... Um, Luke's revelation, his breakthrough was that he's he's he feels sorry for for dude. Um not so sorry that he will harvest dude's name um either by asking him directly or gathering it from everyone else talking during the game. I have a feeling that Luke talks so much during the game he doesn't do any listening. Anyway, what Ellen says is I'm listening to Thursday's episode of As the Ball Turns. Luke's description of Nemesis as quote spastic and being the kid who got picked last is supposed to be Luke having empathy my views are probably definitely tainted by being one of the kids who got picked last but this week I think Luke is having a villain arc it's a good observation Ellen so true yeah Yeah, Luke oh we're getting along now because you're pathetic (laughs) yes I've realized that you're just really a loser. Oh, you poor thing. It is a telling moment when you realize you should just pity someone. (laughs) Of course, this is like 98% a construction out of Luke's brain. He doesn't know that this kid got picked last in gym. He doesn't know anything about him. Mm -hmm. 
He doesn't know that that this Maybe is. Maybe he went to a really bad school. Maybe he was the third kid picked because <laughs> he, there were kids way worse than him. He doesn't know if this is this this guy's attitude and uh, affect for the rest of his life. He's never seen him anywhere but the gym. How can he draw these conclusions from this teeny tiny data set? Let's not turn this into science corner. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm starting <laughs> to feel sorry for this guy because he has to deal with Luke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke should have a t-shirt when he when he shows up for that that says, oh, this asshole. Yep. Sometimes people just don't like you. And that's okay, Luke. It doesn't... I'm trying to come to grips with it lately. <laughs> I think we all are. <laughs> Uh, why don't we move on to music? <laughs> we'll go to music for your overanalysis, a new segment, thanks to Alanis Morissette's 25th anniversary Excuse me, Bobby. Album. That's Alanis. Alanis, Alanis. Morissette. Alanis. Rhymes with Adonis. <laughs> I mentioned this before we started recording because I could not keep it in, but I can't believe that Luke allowed Andrew to say Alanis Morissette for two days As without a, correcting him. A behemoth of a mistake. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this almost fell into our version of Lexicon Valley, but because it is music oriented um, and in an interesting topic, you know, being in Boston, uh, we had the pre-Broadway version of the Alanis, excuse me, the Alanis uh, <laughs> musical at uh, a local theater here. Uh, there, whatever. I didn't get a chance to see it, but I heard it was really, really good. Uh, and Anne, I'm curious, as our resident female host on this particular episode, and being of an age where, you know, Alanis's album could have been impactful for you, what did it mean to you? Was this a was this a a, a standing, you know, a, a battle cry for feminism? No, I don't know. I heard it. I knew all the singles. I didn't own it. I never thought of her as a feminist icon. I thought she has a really weird singing style, but it's not unpleasant. Some good songs. Well, it it seemed like um, it was like personal. She was like, you know, it it was about breakups, and it wasn't like a a broader statement. Like some of the other female artists at the time were seemed to their songs to be making bigger statements than hers was, uh, you're an asshole. You know, I don't like you. I'm, I'm empowered, but other female artists seem to be doing bigger things. And I don't know. Yeah. Just this, uh, middle-aged white man. Yeah. I have a follow-up question for Anne. Do you hate women or just Canadians? (laughs) Oh God. Why can't it be both? Exactly. (laughs) I, I hate people of all kinds, Bobby. Canadians and women's. Uh, Justin Trudeau's star is is fading a little bit too. I don't know how you're handling that. I've decided yeah, I, I don't going? I don't want him for his politics. I just want him for his body. That's all. Okay. Okay, that's okay. fair. I have nothing <laughs> substantial to to add to an Alanis Morissette conversation. I enjoy mm-hmm. 90s music actually a lot, a lot more than I did then when I was very young and didn't really know what was happening. Uh, some some good songs in there, sure. Um, 
certainly generational think, in their nature. Oh, yeah. I think it's very interesting how Andrew thinks about music because he talked at length about how he and all his friends, or at least he thought all his friends thought that Alanis was corny. And then he turns around and talks about how wonderful the B-52s are. There's some cognitive dissonance for you. I don't have anything against the B-52s, but corny is a word that I would definitely associate with them. So I'm not quite sure how he squares this thinking, whereas Alanis was being sincere and the B-52s weren't being sincere. I I don't know. I don't know. The B-52s were corny in the moment, and Adonis Morissette (laughs) is corny in retrospect. Mm, I see. So... That's a difference in my mind, yeah. anyway. Uh, one of the other podcasts I listen to, um, Puck Soup, good good hockey podcast, um, as much about pop culture and other things as it is hockey, but it is very much a as a bunch of guys on a call, so it, it has a certain broiness to it. They recently asked one another, or I think maybe a listener wrote it and asked them on their they do mailbag shows, um, music that they are ashamed of now that they used to like at some point in their lives. Uh, I don't know that I have a great answer for that. And I certainly wouldn't use shame for something like Alanis Morissette. But I, I think that you just sort of, in hindsight or after hearing it 500 times, you realize, yeah, maybe it wasn't quite so inspirational. No, I I, I sort of disagree there because inspirational is is what it is at the time. It It probably was inspirational. But what we look back at was was it revelatory? Mm, very good. And yeah. uh, not really. So, so we could talk maybe another time. We, maybe we should save this for our final Friday show or something. We should have a little musical taste conversation because um, it might be fun to dive into like I don't know. Kenny Loggins was pretty great in his time. <laughs> Absolutely. And I don't think that anybody should be ashamed of Kenny Loggins. I have stated my unironic love for Richard Marks on this podcast before. I don't believe that anybody should be ashamed of anything they listen to you. Exactly. Just like they should, you know, you should strap a, you should strap a boombox to your segue and play whatever you want on it. See, the people will get out of your way if you play it loud (laughs) enough. Um, I'll read an email from listener Sam that's also about music, and uh, I think it's it's a relevant way to round out this conversation. Friday sleuthing and making connections. Anyone else think that Andrew's contempt for OK Go may be connected to the later mentioned Rube Goldberg machine-style bong that haunted his college days? No? Just me? Okay. And then parenthetically, I also think OK Go is underrated, but I come from the nation that gave us the Bare Naked Ladies, so what do I know? <laughs> Bare Naked Ladies are great. I loved the Bare Naked Ladies from ages 15 to, well, 33 and a half, I guess. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go out of my way for it now, but if a B&L song from my youth comes on, I will absolutely stop and listen. Sure. Uh, Sam, to answer your question, I think you may have bought too much red string on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that I, I would follow the connection that you made between Andrew's hate for OK Go and the giant bong. Sam, I didn't think of it at the time, but once you explained it, I could see it. I could see it. 
I'm uh I'm what what does Luke say? I'm down for it. I'm I'm with I'm it. I'm here for um, it. What's what's the news? <laughs> I'm here for it, Sam. I'm here for your God, theory. we were not here for it this week. We were not. <laughs> uh I uh it did make the not that we didn't have a segment carved out for bong talk, but the summer I lived in a frat house, uh, the guys did have a six foot long glass bong that had to be sort of laid sideways. And I don't know how you buy something like that and expect it to last more than one summer. Like, of course it's going right. to get dropped at some point. And of course, at some point it got dropped in someone's room and then glass shards were found in that room for months and the bong water. So Andrew was really right to be concerned about the bong water changes at Luke's uh, bong amusement park that he wants to open in Bongy Bong Australia or wherever, wherever it is. Wooden bong. But uh, other than that, I, I, I was kind of getting behind the idea, you know, with uh, uh, you know how at the dentist they they you know you just put a, a new they just slap a new like. Uh, protective cover mm-hmm, over sure. every time they use the instruments you know and you go and you, there's this giant wooden bong but it you know it's it's encased in um tempered glass and and you can you can get you know kiss the bong knee stone or whatever um it's the <laughs> like it's like you know stoner good luck forever mm-hmm. or something like that i mean this could be huge and if if they need me to go with them to Australia um, for the next TBT Telethon to start start the ball rolling business wise, I'm willing to do that because obviously the guy who makes the bongs, maybe he's not the best bong maker, but he was smart enough to know that you know he he was in the bong business. If mm-hmm. you listen to the story, sure, he was in the bong business and he was smart enough to move to Bongy Bong Australia. Um, <laughs> wooden bong australia so what do you think he had in mind he just doesn't have the business you know chutzpah to get it off the ground i think Mm -hmm. with the contributions of our listeners our jam fund um and and with uh apm paying to to send me to australia with the guys i think we can get this whole bong thing off the ground um Mm. i think this is the idea that gets us all rich luke had an idea and I think we should we should run with it. I mean, it was it was the obvious idea sitting on the table, but he he made it real for me, and I think I think I can make the whole thing realer for everyone. I think Mike just took this to the Shark Tank. <laughs> yep. I have a That's question. I lost my legs, but you know I still have two more limbs. So. I have so. a question for you guys, and I'm very serious about this question. What is it with men and giant bongs? Is it a penis thing? Ugh. I, I, I hadn't thought of that. Maybe I don't Probably. smoke weed, so I'm not a good. I don't know. It's a, it's a way of, I guess, being productive or acting like like you're some sort of engineer when you just want to, you know, watch some more Bob's Burgers and, right, you know. Get the guy from Workaholics to get your Taco Bell delivered. I don't know. <laughs> I, it, it. I, I've, I've never been into bongs, and mainly, yeah, because of the, the unsanitary nature of it. I'm just it's I mean, not I, for me. I, is there an argument that you get higher? I mean, is there an argument that because you can? Oh right? yeah. I mean, that's 
but but the novelty size just seems I don't know. Yeah. I'm such a I, I just want simple answers to things. If you can just hand me a cookie, then I'm done. Like I mean I just think that yeah, yeah, yeah. that you should focus on bong technology. Make a better bong, not a bigger bong, guys. Hmm. Uh, two stray notes. Not about size. <laughs> uh, two stray notes from this conversation before we move on. It's all about the wood. <laughs> One, <laughs> uh, you mentioned dentist, and that made me think I could live a hundred thousand years and never want to hear Luke say dental dam again. <gasps> yes. <laughs> But the but the brand of Dental Dam, I mean that is that is genius. Uh, and I've been to Wooden Bong Australia, and, go, and I exited through the bong shop. You know, uh, I almost touched the world's largest bong. Um, and also, um, it does make me wonder about potential industries for dildo Newfoundland. Oh, oh no. yes. Which is a real place. Similar interactive experiences. I'd like to visit the dildo museum. Could be interesting. Your friend loads the dildo three floors downstairs. And, <laughs> and they come shooting up. All right. The... This All is right. why the three of us are not allowed to do this. We got into trouble the last yeah, time. Yeah, why, did, the three why of did we us. do this again? Yes. How could we forget history? Uh, Mike, could you push through here for us on to the next segment? <laughs> All right. Um, Self-actualization uh, chronicles, also known as I was an asshole. Sarah Silverman does not want you to ask her to be on her podcast. I mean, more specifically, um, she doesn't want you to follow her just so you can ask her to be on your podcast. Wasn't that the thrust of it? Yeah. And um, this is this is proving every fear that Luke's ever had about this sort of thing. Well, yeah, here's the thing. If if um if you don't want to go on someone's podcast or you don't want to even if you don't want to read their request, uh there are ways that to make that not happen that take about 3 seconds to Mhm. Mhm to enact without openly saying, Hey everybody, I'm an asshole, (laughs) which is what she declared right there. Because I guarantee you that one of the reasons she's as popular as she is now is because she did podcast. Yep. And I think that Luke is not really, it's not necessarily the same connection. I don't want Luke to ask Sarah Silverman to be on TBTL. I don't want Sarah Silverman to be on TBTL. I can hear her in any number of places. Mm -hmm. What I Mm -hmm. think the problem is, is when Luke has had Jen Kirkman on Livewire and they've really liked each other and hit it off and they're hanging out and they've got a good vibe, then I want him to say to her, hey, you should come on my podcast sometime because I think that makes sense. Him doing essentially a cold call on Sarah Silverman to ask her to be on his podcast is something different. Yeah. TPTL is supposed to be an invitation to the after party, right? It's supposed to be the the wind down from all of his other shit and we just get to sort of bat it around. Yep. And I thought for the first time as they talked about this and and they talked about their guest policy, it made sense with kind of what we've talked about over the years is that 
we don't care how famous your guest is. We just want somebody who gets TBTL. And we don't need you to interview them about their projects. Although if they want to talk about their project, that's great. But I love mm -hmm. the episode when they had Baron Vaughn on and they talked about his thing. And then they talked about sex robots for like 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was great. Just want somebody who gets the TBTL vibe and wants to hang out. That's all. They don't have to be, doesn't have to be George Clooney. Sorry, I was just thinking about the tourism board at Sex Robot New Zealand. <laughs> Bobby, focus. Well, the the last thing I was going to say on it was, um, if you don't want to be on a podcast, then even if it's the most famous one in the world, you know, what's the, is it Marin? I don't know. I don't know who, who has the biggest one, but um, I don't want you on it. Because mm -hmm. the the what I love about podcasts is it's people that are are passionate about talking about things that they are passionate about, and if if you're you may be passionate about some of your projects, but if, if you're not passionate about talking about them, then fuck you. Yep. Yep. You know, just make it and put it in the world. If I find it, I find it. But um, there's so much content that I've been turned on to by you know hearing these people talking on shows that. You know, I I don't know who this person was ten minutes ago, and now I'm listening to them, and they're just crazy about whatever this thing is that they did. And then I go listen, and I'm like, wow, that was amazing. So, you know, go go back, uh, you know, go back to your home in the hills and close the door and fuck you. Don't care. Yep. And I think it's good for TBTL Sorry. to have a gift a guest every once in a while. Because it remind it's a nice break from Luke and Andrew, and then it also reminds us how much we enjoy Luke and Andrew's conversations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it just serves to highlight when you go back to the normal stuff. You're ready for a change, and then you're ready to come back afterwards. It's kind of why I like vacation weeks. It's a nice break, but then they get back together, and I'm like, oh, yeah, these two guys, they're friends. They're fun. More Camaro Cab. I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah, not every guest has to be famous. Just famous no. to us. Yep. Or not even that. Uh, let's go on to our final topic, picky eating. Uh, quite a few food topics this year. Uh, Luke is upset because he postmated or whatever uh, Blaze pizza, and he forgot to order cheese, and it came without cheese. And he says that cheese should be default on a pizza. So I've never been more on the page with Luke. Really? Um, than with this. I mean, seriously. Let's imagine that you have kids and you're in some city and, you know, uh, they, you're used to going out to Mod Pizza or or blaze or whatever. And the kids, you know, they get to point everything and, um, they get their pizzas made and you're ordering it online and you forgot to click into the cheese and you've got to present some pizzas in a hotel room or, you know, wherever you are to kids that don't have cheese on them. Um, this is why we still need to be defaulting to cheese in America. The kids, this will is get a platform that it. I think, uh, the kids will be fine. I, I, if there is a you could you could win the nomination right now by just saying cheese should be a default 
and and you would win on both sides of the aisle with that because we're all fat and we all want more cheese. <laughs> and imagine the disappointment in some child's eyes when when they look up, you know, tears welling. Builds character. Where's the cheese? Uh, I'm a <laughs> I am cheese, I'm a little Daddy? curious about our narrator. Um, is he a reliable narrator? Or did he specifically go into a super custom option where you have to choose all your toppings? I'm sure that's what he did. That's a good point. Because I've never tried to order Blaze Pizza online, but I have been to a Blaze Pizza actually fairly recently. And it's one of those places Mm -hmm. where you start with uh, either a set menu option style of pizza. You know, they get about a dozen classics. Uh, Or you can DIY. um, But, you know... I I have to think there's a cheese or no cheese menu at some point. Like you don't have to think to add it. They ask you, do you want cheese? Um, and maybe he thought that meant. All I'm saying is, if he was right, he's he's yeah. righteous. Well, let's rename this segment "Huge If True." <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Jeremy's favorite segment. <laughs> right. All right. Well. Once they get talking about cheese, Andrew has his own cheese story, which is the opposite, which is that he, it was a very long hot dog story about how he bought sausage and it was going to be his perfect day and he was going to watch the game and he was frying up some sausage and then it smelled weird and he realized that it was a cheese filled sausage, not filled, cheese incorporated sausage. There was cheese in it. There was cheese in the grind. Sure. Yes. It was Asiago yeah. cheese, and he was like, you know, it, it's not Roquefort, Andrew. Asiago is not like a weird kind of cheese. But when Luke said, oh, yeah, it's kind of like Parmesan, and Andrew's like, oh, Parmesan, that's disgusting smelling. I was like, oh, baby boy, you really do have issues around cheese. But he could not eat the sausage, and he had to go down to the wherever he went and get more sausage, and it was all a very big thing. We got a uh, a really a point-by-point commentary from Callie on both of these issues. Uh, As far as Luke's goes, Callie says, Luke orders two custom pizzas, get mad they don't have cheese when he ordered them without cheese. As far as Andrew's cheese sabotage sausage, Andrew physically holds his nose when walking by the cheese counter at Whole Foods. Number one, the cheese is shrink-wrapped. The cheese counter doesn't smell like cheese. Two, the cheese counter is the best part of the store. Three, he can't even smell cheese. He's like he's like a a, a, a ten year old that um, when someone hits a home run at uh, Safeco Field now T Mobile Park and the crowd you know cheers they hold their their hands over their ears and cry you know it's like come on baby it's it's it, something good is happening here in this case it's cheese in that case it's a home run in this case it's cheese no one wants to see you put your hands over your ears or your or hold your nose oh my gosh. See, I've tried... This is awful. It's the worst thing that could have happened to me. I've tried to be more sympathetic to Andrew to this over the years because we have talked about how psychological this is more than anything because he'll eat melted cheese, certain kinds of melted cheese. You know, he has all these weird rules and we've talked about how his sister really did a number on him over 
um, convincing him that cheese was gross. So I have a lot of sympathy. If he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it. If it's going to make him physically gag, then, you know, that's a thing. But you are an adult. It's, we can judge you for the way that you handle this. And he handles it very poorly. Mm-hmm. A la plugging his nose in the Whole Foods. Come on now. This is like a fish counter. If the cheese counter smells like cheese, it's not a good cheese counter. Mm-hmm. Oh, Luke could have just ordered vegan cheese from Blaze. Yep. Yeah, so I just tried to order a takeout pizza from Blaze. Now, he may not have ordered through that menu. He might have ordered through, like, Postmates or something. But if you try to order yeah. directly from Blaze through their online ordering system, you get, like, 18 different cheeses to pick from. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. There may be the, the layered ordering uh, could be a problem. If, if Luke just scrolls past the cheese section where they list all of the cheeses you can have. <laughs> yeah, this No, I'm I'm saying I'm saying when you're when you're using like um those Postmates extra or grub hubs or, or whatever, yeah. whatever. There are some sometimes that there's that you have different uh interfaces. So Yeah. But there are eight, eight but cheeses. I, like I said, if he's right, he's right. Yeah, right. Eight cheeses to choose from here, well seven and then one vegan cheese, which I refuse to actually call cheese, but um <laughs> I know. It may be yeah. delicious, but it's not cheese kind of lacking the actual it starts melted cheese. and then when it heats up it it solidifies it's just like totally wrong consistency i think the other thing that i want to mention that we haven't talked about that i need to mention is that i will never go to blaze pizza because, because of the grammar they don't because of the grammar because their slogan <laughs> is fast fired f-a-f-i-r-e apostrophe d that's not a thing guys <laughs> it makes me so angry. We've actually had this conversation before. <laughs> we have had this conversation before. I will say it to anybody who brings up Blaze Pizza. It may taste good. I've been there one time when I was dragged by my coworkers. I'll never go back because I cannot let this grammatical torment or tournament, Mike, stand. <laughs> yeah, you can't let it stand. Uh, I understand. Unacceptable. You're in the, you're in the tournament. It's it's. It's tur- I'm in the tournament. <laughs> well, I went. I wonder. Uh, the Blaze is LeBron's shop, right? Is it? I don't um, know. Bobby? I actually don't know. I Blaze just made it to uh, Western uh, New York. There's one sort of nearby, and it's out in the suburbs, so it's not a regular thing on my radar. If not, still, he was once a big part of the investment in, in Blaze, and and the reason I'm was asking is because when. When he gets Luke Walton fired, is there going to be an apostrophe in the, in the fired? Well, when I when the first of these shops showed up here a few years ago, now I was like, I how can they not know? This is just this is outrageous. And they actually have like an mm-hmm. FAQ on their website where they're like, people have told us that it's wrong, but that's just because we're the fun out of the box restaurant that we are we're about breaking the rules baby it's a pizza please please put it in the box i'm like don't be an out of the box pizza restaurant you're morons in the box you're morons who use grammar incorrectly and then tried to make up a story when everybody pointed it out 
so mad at Blaze Pizza. When they really should have just sent out like sign ninjas to paint over the exactly uh, apostrophe immediately upon the barrage of uh, of grammar nerds grammar around the world. If yeah. LeBron, right? If Le- oh, we need to fix this immediately. <laughs> if LeBron is is Blaze Pizza, and I'm now remembering Kobe Bryant's long ago uh, Nutella sponsorship. They could come together for a great dessert thing. Mm. Not a fan of Nutella. I would hit that. Blaze little, little uh, spreadable Kobe on a LeBron crust. <laughs> oh, no, Bobby. No. <laughs> Let's move on to the last Wait, food topic of you, the week. Wait, I, are we done? Have we talked about the fact that you don't like Nutella? No, I don't really like Nutella that much. Emily doesn't like it either. I, I don't I don't really like chocolate hazelnut. Mm. It's a combination that's very popular that really doesn't do it for me. Gian Duja. Yeah. Is a combination that I don't I don't really like very much. When I was a kid and living in Switzerland and Nutella is everywhere and just a regular part of breakfast, I when I would go to a friend's house, I was just so excited that there was chocolate spread at breakfast cuz God knows my mom would never do that. I ate it, but you know, now that I'm a grown-up, I'm just sort of like, eh, this doesn't do it for me. You can have chocolate in whatever form you want, whenever you want. Exactly. Yeah. I have a jar of Nutella in the cupboard right now because I bought it for a baking application, and it just hasn't appealed to me to do anything else with it. Hmm. I know it's weird. It's weird. Uh, yes, we Talk are moving on to uh, unhinge your jaw for the next one. Oh, yeah. Andrew went to Arby's. That was his story for like Wednesday or whatever, you know, Andrew's big life and got the biggest sandwich on the menu, the big Montana or whatever they're calling it now. And it was so big that he couldn't handle it for the first time. He could not fit it in his mouth. Bobby, if you say anything, I will come through this Internet and strangle you. No, I, um, I don't know what you're talking to. <laughs> he uh-huh, did sure, finish it sure, though, sure, right? Sure. I don't I don't know. Number one, did. And this is another I'm asking you men. Do you always have to order the biggest sandwich on the menu or is that just Andrew? Oh, fuck no, 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 definitely not. No. Quite the opposite. I'm a like if I have to hit a McDonald's drive through, I'm often the two cheeseburger meal guy because I like the ratio being right. I don't want a mountain mm-hmm. of meat sandwiched between two tiny little buns. I want Jesus Christ, I just said that. I want um <laughs> Maybe we should get into this. I want, I want the, you know, if I'm going to get an Arby's beef and cheddar, I'd rather have, you know, two, uh, so that there's more cheese to go around than to have one with double meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let me read you about the sandwich that a- Andrew had. It used to be called the Big Montana for a minute, um, back in the day. Right now, it's called the roast beef half pound. <laughs> oh my god! It says. Uh, let Ari introduce you to the largest roast beef sandwich we've ever made, the half-pound roast beef. We just kept adding more of our signature roast beef until the bottom bun could barely stand it anymore. Okay, so that's what he sweated his way through, but what he should have been sweating his way through. And um, if I ever got clear of the 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 backup of meals that are happening um, in this house... Uh, maybe the beef and cheddar half pound. We put a half pound of America's favorite roast beef on this half pound beef and cheddar. Uh, that doesn't include the weight of the other stuff, though. 
but we're certain the onion bun, cheddar cheese sauce, and red ranch make it even heavier. Um, I can get down with that. But um, first sandwiches. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just can't help but think anytime we talk about Arby's now, after the time that I did a show with Phyllis and Stu in Minneapolis, and we talked about Arby's, and uh, Stu referred to the Arby's meat as having a, quote, labial quality. Oh. I've never thought about Arby's the same since. It's not going to stop me from finding the closest Arby's after the show. Yeah. Yep. So we need to keep going here because um, I got to eat. No. So, well, speaking of closest Arby's, let, let me let me just um, let me say one thing. Um, occasionally, uh, I, I will have to go back to Kyle to get prescriptions or go to a cash machine that doesn't have any uh, fees on it, um, and and I'll I will uh, just swing around the neighborhood and see what's changed. And one of the things that has changed is. There was a uh, Carl's Jr. that, uh, you know, and, and I, I'm not not a fan of Carl's Jr., but the one that we had in Kyle was pretty terrible because you, whatever you ordered, they would put something in a bag and give you something, but it would, you know, <laughs> rarely be what you ordered. I also uh, find so, the apostrophe uh, troubling in Carl's Jr. because I don't understand it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Joanne Fabrics, Carl's Jr. I mean, this is the whole show, all this stuff. Joanne so, Fabrics doesn't have an apostrophe Chris, in it. No, I'm just talking about all, all of the all of the names of places that don't quite make sense to us. We need to to do a deep dive mm, okay. into all those. To I think it'd be satisfying because instead of wondering every time you drive by Ruth's Chris, wouldn't it be good to know mm-hmm. Yeah, what the story was? Anyway... Um, this, I predicted this Carl's Jr. would not last. It did not last. And, um, what do you know? Arby's is in Kyle. So, uh, we have to move back <laughs> to Kyle. You don't have an Arby's in Manchac? Anywhere Manchac adjacent? Uh, n- no, we don't have any chain restaurants in Manchac. I don't yeah. think we do. If well, only, maybe we do. Just a few, but we don't if have If only an there was anywhere good in Central Texas to get a beef sandwich. <laughs> Like yeah, a... I mean, it's we're in a food drought situation. <laughs> I smell a franchise opportunity for us. The LRBs. <gasps> oh my God, Valerie! <laughs> so good, wow. so good. I can't talk. <laughs> Is that like L apostrophe Arby's? It's like a French Arby's. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the LRBs. Can we get? Can we get Terrence Trent Darby as our, <laughs> as our spokesperson? Oh, God. All right. Final thoughts, kids. Um, do we have a do we have a, that was a good spoof or an I can't believe he told that joke this week? I really struggled on this, actually. I, I told you, my mind's been really checked out all week. I was listening in the background all week. Nothing jumped out at me like it usually does. We had, and I can't believe he told that joke, but I forgot to write it in there, so I don't remember what it was. Yeah, well, it was it was lacking motivation, is what I think it was. Oh, oh, the WMMS buzzard morning oh, zoo. It was not good. Uh, Andrew wanted 
to play some tape of an old segment about people would call in to complain and they would say, let's blow that up or whatever they said. And then they made a blowing up sound effect and they made some um, semi-racist allusions to Polish people. And then Andrew had a segment when he had the Cairo Night Show that he tried to do the same thing and he called it What's Your Damage? And people were supposed to call in and talk about things that were bothering them. And he was surprised it didn't take off. Yep. Yeah, not as many uh, Reality Bites fans uh, out there <laughs> Nope. in the AM radio Anytime evening. he cracks out um, the Buzzard Morning Zoo tape, I want to stab myself in the neck with a fork because... Well, that was really bad in general and just as an artifact of the time. So let's face it. um, The archive project is almost dead in the water. We need we need to reinvigorate with something new. And that is, um, can we get all of our listeners motivated to get anything WMMS related off of the Internet? Like, can we get like some copyright stuff going? Can we, um, you know, complain it? It's it's racist, sexist content, and just scrub it, get it off. So the next time he goes looking, mm-hmm. there's fucking nothing, zero. I just think he has all the files now. I think we're too late. Oh, mm. uh, WMMS is an iHeart Media station. Which means they're probably, you know, up to the teeth in lawyers. I mean, they're a really big network. Oh, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. I have an in. Emily is working for iHeart. That's her one of her current clients is iHeart Media. Uh-uh. That's the old Clear Channel, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. Clear Channel out of yeah. San Antonio. They're huge. <sighs> All right. Okay. All right. That's good. Let's, let's put a pin in this. That. Let's put it in the We're parking also- lot. We'll come back around later to synergize. And 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 I think <laughs> we'll come back around later to see if it's still there on the surveillance video. Someone needs to contact Genevieve because we can't do this without her. Somebody has to get those files off his computer. Yes. Okay, we're gonna hack the mainframe. If not her. Who? Mm-hmm. Either that, or you're gonna have to start talking to Professor Bananas. Oh God. Yeah. And he's not, that's not his nickname for nothing. (laughs) Uh, Must listen episode of the week. I vote Monday for the third week in a row. Yeah, that was a good story about the Segway tour. Fucking Cheryl. (laughs) (laughs) What was she yelling when she was in the back? I'm I'm about done with this. I'm about done with this. No, no, Cheryl. No, no. You have it reversed. Mike? Yes. Oh, uh, sorry. Housekeeping. Buy stuff from us. Uh, LittleRedBandwagon.com. The Archive Project uh, limps along. I think we're going to move on to the WMMS Project at this point. But if you still want to do archiving, uh, contact Christy. Or contact her. Buy stuff from Amazon. Contact her about the WMMS stuff. We're not going to brief her on it. I just think it'd be fun if she gets bombarded with emails about it. Right, especially if you guys listen to the episode before she does. Sometimes it takes her a day or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, our our link on Amazon, uh, littleredbandwagon.com forward slash Amazon and earbuds and earworms. This week, uh, vocal harmonies. Melodies, I thought. Vocal melodies. So, 
Is no, it harmonies? I think it's harmonies. That makes more sense. Melodies, harmonies. Okay. Yeah. Hope there's some Something. boys to men on there. Harmonies. Okay. Melodies. Oh, God, yeah. Wouldn't be without it. Nope. And if you'd like to get involved with the show, you can go to littleredbandwagon.com. You can go to throwyourphone.com. Honestly, the content that you guys send in helps us remember what's happened on the show this week. Now that we're not taking notes Thank anymore, you. it is extremely mm-hmm. appreciated. Uh, join us on our Facebook group. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. That is the point of connection for the WMMS Archive Project. Get to it. The voicemail yes. and text is 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Fax Bobby your butt at 617-354-8513. And with that, Bobby, please get us out of here. Until next time, this right here is the next party. Unfortunately. And we do love you, Joe. The show was not nailed. <laughs> it's not nail certified. It's gonna be nope. a it's gonna be a tight, nicely sweet smelling, tightly wrapped show after I cut out Glossy. all of the drops. Yeah. Yep. Let's make this kitty purr. Well, go ahead, try a turn. Uh, Tina, why are you groaning? You're doing fine. Uh, Rel- uh, Tina, relax. Easy, easy. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Uh, Tina, you're kind of headed toward the only other car in the lot. You have plenty of time to turn, Tina, so just go ahead. Turn one way or the other. You're just swerving back and forth. Turn one way and stick with it, Tina. Tina, for the love of God, turn away or stop. The brakes, Tina, on the left, you're about to hit that car. The brakes, hit the brakes. Uh, Oh, my God, it's bad. I ruined the car. You did. You really did.